Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield. Today, I am bringing on one of my personal favorite people that I follow on Instagram, Valeria Lipovetsky. I met Valeria virtually back in the spring when she asked me to come on and do an Instagram live with her over on her account. And we made cookies and we chatted and I instantly fell in love with her energy and following her on Instagram and her adorable three sons and her husband and their whole family. She's like truly one of my favorite, favorite people to pretty much stalk on Instagram. Valeria is the queen of content creation, in my opinion, and she and her team are constantly cranking out these crazy cool videos and reels and TikToks and all of the things every single day and the content that they're sharing like you would never think of. Even in the beginning of the episode, she was like trying to curl her hair using a towel. Like, I don't, I don't even know. Valeria is so cool. I just, everything that she does, I'm like, um, teach me your ways. In this episode, Valeria shares more about how she started her brand. And what I love about her story is that she did so after having kids, which is super inspirational for moms everywhere to hear. And we dive a bit into motherhood and her approach to parenting, falling in love with her husband and their age gap. And now they're even working together too, which is becoming more and more the trend. We also tap into body image and a ton of more topics that you guys are going to absolutely love. I know you guys will enjoy this episode as and fall in love with Valeria as much as I have, and we would love to hear from you when you are listening. So definitely share it over on social media, on your Instagram stories, tag us. Me, I'm over at Rachel L. Mansfield, and Valeria is over at Valeria Lipovetsky. And if you have a moment while listening and you want to rate and review the podcast over on iTunes, that would be absolutely amazing. Now, before we dive into today's episode, Let's chat a bit about my favorite activity. And no, it does not have to do with food. Sleep. Oh my gosh, sleep is literally my favorite pastime. I have always been one of those people who just like crave and need a solid night's rest. That was like the roughest adjustment for me with a third trimester of pregnancy, especially this time around and the newborn phase. Sleep just isn't the same during that time or really existent during the newborn phase. And that is when I truly realized how much I love to sleep. And for Jordan and I, our bed is, it's our sanctuary. I am super, super particular about the bed that we sleep on, as is Jordan. And when we were looking for a new mattress to use, so many people were recommending a company called Birch to us. And after looking into it and trying it out for ourselves, uh, we now know why. Birch makes organic, non-toxic mattresses made in America, and they are delivered right to your home for free, no contact delivery, and you even get a 100-night sleep trial. It was like the most seamless and easy delivery possible, and they have all different mattress sizes, so they have a bunch of accessories and pillows and all the things. The Birch mattress is incredibly comfortable. It's soft, but it's still supportive, which is exactly what I crave. The delivery was super quick and easy, and I literally crave laying in bed now more than ever before. Plus, it's big enough to fit us and Ezra, and we were going to order a twin-size mattress for the real king to use when we transition Ezra to a bed one of these days. Birch is offering $200 off all mattresses and two free organic eco-rest pillows just for Just the Good Stuff listeners, too right now. So head on over to birchliving.com slash Rachel for $200 off 
all mattress orders and two free organic pillows. And if you guys have any questions about Birch and anything I can do to help, definitely let me know. Best way to contact me is definitely on Instagram or email. Happy to answer any of your questions about the Birch mattresses and all of the things. Now let's dive into my convo with Valeria. Well, I am so excited to finally bring you on the podcast. Ever since we did the Instagram live on your page, which I feel like was a century ago. I don't remember what month was. I think it was like in the summertime or the spring. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even think I was pregnant at that time. I was like, your energy is like contagious. You are so fun to talk to. You were like so much energy, like in the best way ever. And especially during a time like this, when like everyone's home and like you're craving like personal energy, I feel like you were like the ultimate person to hear from. So I can't. So you're, right. oh, you're so sweet. And there is a lot, there are a lot of topics I want to dive into. And I've been stalking you like a crazy person. So you're going to be like, Rachel, really, have you been following me around? Um, but I can't wait for everyone to hear more about your story. So I'd love to start off and just have you introduce yourself, say who you are and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I am a Valeria Lipovetsky. I am a content creator, an influencer, whatever word people use these days. I started my journey because I, I actually were planning to get into holistic nutrition. And that's when, when I started seeing clients, I was like, I hate it. So I was looking for kind of a way to share more of that information for free and just like on a bigger scale. And that's what got me onto social media. So I started with YouTube and then progressed Instagram and then got on TikTok. And um, yeah, so I, at this point, cover kind of, you know, like health, wellness, family, beauty, fashion. Um, and I feel like I always kind of move around depends on where I'm at, you know, in my life and how, what I'm passionate about the most. And yeah, I have three little, very energetic boys, uh, running around and, um, that's really it. Just trying to <laughs> make every day count, you know? <laughs> now in the last few years though, is when you've really grown your brand. And when you I feel like when someone comes to your Instagram or your YouTube, they're probably like, oh my God, she's probably been doing this for forever. Like one of the OG content creators, but you started about 2016 or so mm-hmm. you said. So what made you decide to like hop onto YouTube first of all places? Like wasn't YouTube intimidates me. Like that sounds so daunting to like start a YouTube page. I feel like because of that exact feeling, that's what pushed me to actually go on it because I was actually not aware at all that YouTube was its own animal and its own world. When I started looking into ways to get on social media, um, I actually went first on like starting a blog and a blog in 2016 was kind of late. Like you didn't really start blogs then. It was either like a pool of people that already made it and did it and built from there. But it was very difficult to get people to read blogs. And I also felt a little stuck because I couldn't really, you know, um, express myself properly um, through the blog. So the next thing for me was, okay, what is what is out there? And Instagram was already happening, but it was very much also like a Wild West to me. And um, I also felt like I want to move away from maybe like I want to find a platform that is not a picture and me writing and editing the caption 500 times. I want something that's just more of an authentic connection. 
And that's what led me to YouTube. Like when I got on YouTube, I literally thought I'm going to be the first. In 2016, I <laughs> thought I'm going to be breaking the internet, coming onto YouTube, showing nutrition advice. Little did I know that YouTube in 2016 was no longer a place of like cat videos and music. It was actually like so many creators, so many like amazing, you know, people out there sharing stuff. So to me, it was like, oh, this is so much. How am I going to figure it out? And I feel like that little fear actually made me go forward because that to me meant that I'm going into a territory that's just so foreign, so out of my comfort zone. So there's just like so much to learn. And that kind of excited me. That's amazing that it doesn't intimidate you though. Because like I've never even tackled YouTube. I mean, I feel like I haven't even tackled like reels yet because it like is so daunting to like start yeah. something new. So you have like, you know, you have a decent set of balls to be able to do something like that. Like I'd be like, oh my gosh, I cannot do this. What was your, so you started off doing food and like nutrition on YouTube, but clearly you've transitioned from that. So what made you not stick with like food and nutrition advice and kind of hone in on like style and beauty and things like that? Well, although the initial reason why I got into YouTube was to share like recipes and all these things. And I still have like my first videos of recipes. It's so cringe. Oh my God. If you'll ever watch it, you'll be like, Oh, poor girl. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was something that I was passionate about, but honestly it didn't really catch. And if there's something that I can say to my own credit is that I really have a good, like, I'm really quick with pivoting. Like if something doesn't work, it's not for me, it's not about like, I just got to go harder and push and push and push. Like I do the work and I'm just looking at the situation like, hey, I'm not going to spend two more years trying to do something that already shows me by data and numbers that it's really not catching. So at that point, I was like, okay, what else is out there? And obviously, beauty is huge on YouTube. And it was actually my husband who, you know, I was sitting and talking to him about it. And I was like, I do this work. I learn how to edit. I learn how to upload. I do my own thumbnails. I do all that stuff. But it's not really doing much. And he's like, why won't you try Like, do something with brushes or something? Like, he didn't even know how to explain it. And I was like, yes, wow, that makes sense. Because, you know, I've had a decade of experience in the beauty and fashion industry. Like, I might as well bring that into the mix. So when I started bringing all these different, you know, things in, that's when it started catching. And I still kept doing nutrition, but I slowly started trying different stuff. And I was just sitting there being like, hey, this works, this doesn't work. This worked like that, but this doesn't work like this. And I feel like that really contributed to me learning fast and moving fast and growing um, the way my growth has been in the past, I would say. How, what, what year is it though? I don't even know. 2020, 2021. Yeah, whatever, you know. I signed all these documents yesterday writing 2020. So I actually don't know what, what year. It really I feel like it's still 2020, to be honest with you. Like for reals, it's still 2020. I I'm, won't accept that it's 2021 until things change. You know, a big change happened in Sex and the City announced they're doing like a 10 episode like series that's coming out soon. So to me, that's like a great sign of 2021 looking up. I love that for you. Great. Right? I'm like, thank you. This is a great motivation. So when did you kind of, you're sharing everything on YouTube. When were you kind of like, I'm onto something like this is actually like people are interested. This is getting catchy. Like, was it quick? 
were, was it a lot of like touch and go? Like, when did you know this was going to like turn into the empire that it has? Listen, I think that, you know what, it's annoying. It's not even annoying. It's just a little misleading to talk about, you know, this type of journey, because the way you explain it is just like, yeah, I figured it out kind of, you know, I, I, I tried different content that this caught and then I did a little bit more of that. And it all sounds so easy, but it was extremely frustrating. It was extremely difficult. I was like emotionally deprived, sleep deprived. And not because necessarily of, you know, this new, you know, thing that I got into, but just having kids and just trying to figure out like how to conduct yourself in the social media world. Like it was really tiring, but I feel like I I kind of, from the get-go, because I knew my pillars and what it is that I wanted to achieve, I didn't necessarily saw it to become like a huge business, but I was like, this is not a hobby because a hobby, I won't invest this much time and effort into a hobby. So I was like, this is, a, you know, something that's bigger than a hobby. I don't know if it's a business, but this is what it is. So I really put 110% into it. And I think that, um, again, I was just like kind of pivoting around, trying new things. And something that, you know, was very helpful for me was when I started making money from, you know, sponsors and different like ads and stuff, I reinvested in the business. I had, you know, the opportunity to do that. So I hired a videographer and I think that that really changed the way I was working and the amount of content and, you know, how I was just like conducting myself on the platform. So once I had someone, I had my little like mighty team, myself and this videographer, I had the time to start focusing on my strengths, which was not editing. It was coming up with content inspiring myself, reading, like learning new things so I can share it with my audience. And that's really kind of where it started moving. I think that's something that I really admire about you is that you have a team supporting you and like, you're not afraid to take the dollars that you have made and like reinvest it back into the business, which they say is the number one way to grow a business. And you Mm -hmm. like trust a team to like help you kind of continue to grow. So where, like, who do you have working with you right now? Because I know that's one of the most commonly asked questions for any content creator is like, well, do you have a team? Like who works for you? What do they do? So your first hire was your videographer. And then yeah. who you have working with you today. Right. So today we're a much bigger team because today is my personal brand and Leia and um, kind of a production company. It's all meshed into one. So, uh, you know, we're all kind of, working, everyone's working on different things, but we're like 25 people right now. And yes, so the way it works, you know, for me on my personal kind of brand side, I started with the videographer and then I brought someone to do admin because God, oh God, negotiating and business development was just like, I enjoyed it so much, but uh, it took so much away from me being creative. So that was our second hire. And then right now we're at like four editors. So I actually still shoot most of my content myself um, because I don't, I love like kind of, you know, the more realistic, relatable production, but the editing they do. And based on the amount of content that I want to produce and the fact that we're on three platforms, 
We have four editors to support that. Uh, we have um, a production manager, Megan, that just like keeps my world spinning. And um, I have an assistant who just helps me with the schedule and everything. We actually um, have a COO now uh, for Valeria Inc., which has changed the game for us. So I don't even, and there's a whole side of Leia that's just like a whole other animal. Are they all, all the people that you just named, so like the editors and such, are they all full-time employees? Like they only work? Yeah, they all, they all are full-times. I don't, again, because the business can support it, right? Um, I didn't get any outside investment. We didn't invest any of our own money into the business. This was all from, again, making, you know, taking what we were making and then reinvesting in the business. And that's how we grew. And um, yeah, everyone is full-time. Everyone has kind of their own designated areas to work with. And with all the plans and all the kind of things that we are planning for 2021, 22, 23, we are now slowly building like an infrastructure for that. That's amazing. Wait, where do you guys, where do you see yourself going in like 22, 23 already? I'm like, I don't. I can't even like get through like what I'm going to do in February of 21. <laughs> I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing today. I've already had like three meltdowns, so I don't know what I'm doing, but um, I feel like we have, we have an idea of what it is that we want to build. Um, you know, aside from the personal brand that is, I'm very, very much involved in it. And it's, you know, something that I love sharing myself and my family and my life with my audience. But, um, you know, we are looking for ways to diversify and to create more value and especially on the Leia side. So developing that side, we're right now kind of really planning on that, uh, just continue building that brand. And um, what do we see? I, I don't know, because honestly, I just feel like, especially this year, I've learned that life is too short and you just got to go for things. And I'm just so not scared of failure anymore because, you know, like. I don't know, pandemic can happen and then that's it, it's done. You know what I mean? So I just feel like this year actually gave me so much perspective and so much more push for going after everything I ever wanted. So I guess that's the plans for the next few years. Now, what is Leia? Walk us through that. That is like your newest baby. Yeah, so Leia is our uh, e-commerce uh, marketplace. So I've been envisioning Leia for a very long time. Leia actually is my Hebrew name, but it also like represents so many other things for me. And I just really wanted to create a brand that will, I don't know, make you feel a certain way through their products, uh, through our products. So when we started, it was just like with a line of accessories, sunglasses, and now we're you know, doing jewelry and we did our first apparel launch and now we're working on all these other different things. And, you know, being in social media and having this like instant gratification, when you create content, it's instant gratification. But when you move into products, you know, you know, like books, all that stuff, that's just such a long process and you have to be so patient and so like detail, you know, oriented. So it's this balancing those both really humbles me. But yeah, right now we're really building that infrastructure to see Leia become kind of what I want it to be. I want it to be just like a destination to everything, you know, beauty, fashion, lifestyle, like a big sister on the internet that just like gives you a hug and tells you what to wear. No, I love it. Especially a lot of people are, I'm sure constantly asking you like, 
where's this from? What, what's your favorite, this, what's your favorite, this. And like, now that you have like that hub that you can direct everyone to like, Mm-hmm. That's like a curation of like what I'm assuming are like a lot of your favorite things that you think other people yeah. enjoy too. That in and of itself is amazing because now when you're showing an Instagram, like I'll see like someone's sweatsuit. I'm like, oh my God, I want that. Like that looks comfortable. I'm like, that's genius that you're going to be able to like direct them towards like. Yeah. And just, you know, for me, I want to, at this point, you know, with, I, I put so much effort and love into building my personal brand. So I want for, you know, our customers to have that experience, that personal experience. And I want to control that experience. I don't want to, you know, send them to another store. I don't know if the quality is good. I don't know if the fit is good. Like I want to make sure that they're getting exactly what I'm putting out there. And I've always been the girl that like will get something and will like all do alteration or fix something or add something to make it look a certain way. So I really wanted to create my own things that I can do it from the get go and people can get that final product that I know I'm like, this is it. Like, this is perfect. No, I love that. Especially because a lot of times I'll post about say like a food product or something and someone goes and buys it and there's something wrong with it. Like the taste is off or like the consistency is off and I, you know, you and I, I don't have control over that. Like I have no say over like what, if that brand even responds to your customer service, like you just kind of put the brand out there and you can only hope that they're going to do something to handle it. Now, when it comes to kind of juggling mom life and your business, like you have three boys, like, and actually let's backtrack a little bit. You started this business when you were a mom already, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself is so inspirational because I think a lot of the times it's more like cliche and it isn't, it's not good that it's like this way, but when people always think that when they become a mom, it's over, like it's too late to start their own like passion or side project. And like, you've built this like amazing comp- like brand and now your other brand that, and that's all after becoming a mom. So can you walk us kind of through like, where you, did you think that that was going to be possible after having kids and you had Jake so or like young like yeah I had Jake I was like 20 I was 22 and then I had Ben at 23 so it was like bam bam and then Maxi it was two years three years ago we I had him so I already had Jake and Ben they were little I have to say I probably wouldn't be or do what I am doing today if it wasn't for me being a mom, because if there's any, like, it's such a school to become a mom and go through, you know, motherhood and raising little humans, because there's such a amazing mirror to yourself, and you become aware of every, you know, thing that you are, and you're not. And I think that actually pushed me to look at things in a different way, and to see where I am in that mixture, because you know, I've never believed in, um, and maybe that comes from my household, but I, I, I don't believe in like a parenting of like, do as I say, I truly believe in like, do as I do. And I was sitting there at some point thinking, you know, I won't be able to teach them what to do and how to strive and how to have a work ethic and go for your wildest dreams and, you know, finding a, a certain partner if I'm not going to do the work by myself, like I have to emulate everything that I say. So that's kind of where I, I feel everything started for me. I was just like, who do I want these little people to see? And then it grew into like a journey of just like self-discovery. Cause at the end of the day, you know, motherhood 
and you know a wife and a fr- all of these things are roles but and these are roles that I'm very proud of but it's not everything that's it's not all of me and I was looking for what is it that you know that I can create another role that is more of like an essence of me that has nothing to do with all these other wonderful things that I have in my life. So it was just like a interesting kind of, you know, journey of figuring out um, just another way to fulfill myself and express myself. And yeah, it definitely gave me having kids definitely pushed me and taught me how just to be more on top of everything. So I feel like mother's even do a better job. I mean, juggling and, you know, multitasking and all these things, we, we know how to do it. We've already been through, you know, the training. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I I don't think it's probably hard in the beginning when the kids are so small. I don't want to, you know, minimize the fact that I did have help. We had like an amazing nanny that's still with us and that's a huge help. And um, that really pushed me to even work harder. But um, yeah, I think that I don't see anything that kind of that motherhood stops us from doing anything. No, that's inspiring. because I do think I just personally, I'm at that age right now where like a lot of my friends are having kids in the area that I live in. People are having kids and the moms are like, I don't want to go back to work. I don't have a passion for like what I was doing, but I want to grow something like what can I do? And then they'll say like, well, you have your own business. Like, how did you do that? And like, I can't imagine not having like my own personal hub of something. And like, I love having like, you know, my family and my personal life. And then also like my business, because I think it's important to kind of have like that sense of self, you know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't need, doesn't mean that you like every mom needs to have this like super successful business, but like something that like gives you that like passion and just like fuels you individually. That's like not related to just your family. Um, plus I think it's also, like you said, it's inspiring for your kids to see you like pursuing your own dreams. How yeah. do you like juggle like motherhood though? Like, do you like leave, are you good at like leaving your phone in another room and like being fully present with your kids? Cause no, uh, who, who, that, who I want to know one person. Listen, I have days where I'm just like, I killed it. I was such a mindful present parent today. But it's days, you know, like we're humans. And I think that every day there's so many distractions coming our way. And if you're a business owner, you know, that's even like everything is on you. You're the person people turn to. So it's unrealistic at times. The one thing that I've learned and, you know, started doing with my kids is just having a really, really frank and open communication. You know, they know that we work a lot. Like my husband is a proud workaholic. He just loves what he does so much. And I am not the kind of person, like, I don't want to nag him about it. And, you know, I want him, he really enjoys it. So I think that for us, it was very important to sit down with the kids and be like, listen, we have our own business. They actually know a lot about our business and they're very aware of everything. Like they'll come sometimes, especially Jake will come and be like, Oh, you have a new video? What's the CTR on it? How's it going? How's it like he knows the lingo? Yeah, he knows what's up. So and they're very proud of it as well. It's kind of like a family business. But we had we sat them down and we said, listen, we work a lot. And this is what we do. And we're putting our family out there and mama shooting a lot. Uh, there are times sometimes where I, you know, I sometimes get lost or get very distracted with work. If you feel like you don't have enough of me, you come and you say, hey, I can you please put your phone down? 
You know, like, I don't want this. I always tell them, like, I don't want you to sit there and hold in all these emotions. Come and talk to me and I'll put it down. And like, you know, you're the most important thing in our lives. And so you got to communicate. And I feel like it really helps us to, you know, not to constantly, for me, at least the mom guilt, it helps with the mom guilt. Because I gave them that, you know, space and room to come and be like, hey, put your phone down. Like, I need attention. So kind of that's how we we are dealing with that and how I'm balancing it. But it's it's I mean, it's not it's a circus, you know, like it's never this like we find a solution and everything works and it's perfect every day. The one word that I like hate is the word balance in like any situation, because I don't think that like I'll ever feel balanced really in any part of my life. Like there's some days where I definitely suck and I'm not fully present as a mother and I'm totally distracted. And like next thing I know, it's eight o'clock and we're putting Ezra down to go to sleep. But then like there's a day where I feel like I was not looking at work as much as I should have, didn't get anything done on my to-do list. But that's a great day too, because I'm like fueling myself with Ezra Mm -hmm. and my family. But you know, when someone says, how do you balance motherhood and, and, and your job? I'm like, I, I don't like some days I really suck at one thing. And sometimes I suck at the other. And then there's days where it's just great, but yeah. it's awesome that you like have that open sense of communication. I can't wait till Ezra's a little bit older when I can do something like that. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. I feel guilty if I'm sitting on the floor in his room, like on my laptop and he's like playing with his trains and he's like, mommy, this mommy, this. And I'm like, you know, he's not going to tell me like close the laptop. Yeah. And he's just pressing all the buttons, but it's definitely like a struggle to like try and not feel guilty. And especially now I'm, as I'm talking, I'm over 32 weeks pregnant with Ezra's brother. And I'm like, how's that even going to happen as a newborn again? Like that stage is so, you know, gentle. It's hard. It's hard. I have to say like, I, for me, I had Max. It was really hard for me. And I was already, you know, I already had two boys, like I already been through it. And it was just very difficult for me because I didn't work um, and didn't run the kind of like tight ship that I did this time around with Max. So I actually went back so fast to work that I completely burnt out, like emotionally, physically, spiritually, I was just like all over the place. And it taught me a really big lesson. Um, And, you know, you try to do your best. I think that it's important to remember that, you know, we can't do it all. Like you can do it all, but not by yourself. You know what I mean? And I feel like I was trying to do it all by myself. So this mentality of like, you know, I'm going to be a hero just really kind of blew up in my face. Uh, So if I can give you any advice, don't be a hero. But uh, yeah, that stage is hard. But even now, you know, with Max, like Max is what, two? How old is Ezra? He's going to be two in, a, two in a week. Oh, okay. So very similar ages. So, and yeah, it's hard. Like I do feel that I don't have, you know, he doesn't have enough of me. But it's just, honestly, I keep telling myself, Jake and Ben, every day, every activity, like they remember everything and they're already morphing into these like, long-term habits and maxi you know as long as we again we have this amazing nanny um you know who is a source of like of love and nourishment for him and we try to be there as much as we can but to me i know that he's loved i know that he's surrounded by all this craziness and although gary and i may be distracted with work or with the older kids 
you know, he's in the mix. And yeah, I mean, he's, they say though that, you know, the kids like the number, number three usually raises himself. So he's on that. I'm on that like stage in life. I've heard that the transition from one to two is like the hardest. And then two to three is like, whatever. And then three to four is like, you're numb. Like everything's fine. Like you don't even notice anything different anymore. Did you feel that way when it came to from what going from one to two kids? No, the hardest transition was zero to one hundred percent. Like, <laughs> wh- why did they not tell you all of these things? <laughs> zero to one for sure was the craziest for me. It was two to three it was insane, insane. Really? Yeah, one to two, I was just like, it's fine because there's there's two of us, you know. So it's just like. If they're close in age and you are like Ezra's still going to be, you know, a toddler is still little, but it's going, you kind of still, you know, in the same stage, you kind of get it. You know, we we're just out of diapers when the second one came in, Benny. So I was kind of like, hey, it's just like a prolonged version of this. But with number three, it was like, wow, I have a six-year-old and a seven-year-old. And then there's like another baby and sleepless nights and all that jazz. That's that was- like telling Jordan I- I don't mean this in like a harsh way. But like, I just want to like get it over with in a way. Like I want to get this phase over with, you know, like changing diapers and like having to like really watch him. So like, I just want to keep yeah. going to hopefully like, you know, get all of our kids and then have them all yeah. like in the same like group together. Do you think that you guys are done having kids at this point? I don't know. We're having a discussion about it. First of all, I don't know what's going on. Like maybe because I've been so bloated in the past two weeks, but everyone's messaging me being like, are you pregnant? Like everyone been talking about a baby in the comments, just like friends. I was like, no, I'm not pregnant. Like I haven't even had a normal night's sleep since Max was born. Like I'm not planning on just yet, you know? But we we had a frank discussion, you know, the other day with my husband because we don't want a big difference between like there's already between the two and Max, there's a pretty big difference. And then with Max, like if we want another one, we kind of want to have it soon. But my God, it's just it's just the amount of you know what it is. It's just the attention. Like, I don't know if there's enough of it for all of them. I know that's Jordan always says my husband always says he wants to be able to fit into a car. I want three to four kids. He always says he wants to be able to fit into a car. And that way he thinks that like every, everything's just more practical if there's like three. And then he's like, I just don't think we'll be able to give attention fully to like four kids. And I'm like talking about our fourth kid. We haven't even had number two yet, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think you also just, I can't say this from experience, but from what I've heard, like you feel like you like intuitively know, like if you're done, like if, if like the kitchen's closed or like if, you're still open, but I always think that if it's like trickling in there, like clearly there's something that like, yeah, we decided we're going to put it, you know, kind of, we're going to not talk about it for a bit, like give it some time and see how we feel. Um, but it's definitely not, I mean, kids are such a blessing. And at the end of the day, you know, at the end of whatever, when you're old and wrinkly, what gives you joy, right. To see all these humans around. So at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing that you can do for yourself and for the future. So I don't know. We'll see. Now you spoke a little bit. I saw on your Instagram too, about like the bloating thing the other day, you were just away with your family. Were you Puerto Rico? Yeah, we're actually in Costa Rica. Um, we're right now. Yeah. We relocated. 
this is another like example of the things that we probably would have never done if it wasn't for COVID. So that's awesome. So is your whole team though still in Canada? Or did you have like, you have your videographer and stuff with you? We had uh, one team member that came with us for the first two weeks uh, before the holidays. And yeah, but now we're just, we're here, just our family. That's so nice. Do you know when you're going to go back to Canada? You know what? I don't know. It doesn't, uh, I'm not too like quick to come back right now. It feels a little bit just really crazy and stressful and you can feel the anxiety here as well, but at least, you know, I mean, my kids can just like run around at least, you know, because in Canada right now, it's really, really cold. Schools are closed. We can't see anybody. And it's just, it was getting really, really difficult. And I'm very grateful that we're, you know, fortunate enough to be able to do something like this. So um, for me, it's just, you know, with COVID, obviously so many people are affected by it, but with kids, like I started seeing my kids just really, you know, changing and it's, I couldn't just continue doing it. So we were like, okay, we're, we're doing it. We're going. No, that's awesome. Especially being inside all day. Like the days that Ezra's inside and doesn't get to go outside. Like today it feels like 15 degrees. Like the poor kid is like, we can't go on activity. He can't like go to a class. He can't like go to like a sporting thing. There's nothing room to do. He's just like, yeah. inside, like with us and his nanny and it's really tight, tight quarters. So you spoke a little bit about, about the bloating. Now, one of the like main questions I actually got when I asked my intern community about topics to talk to you about was like body image and like if you always have felt like very secure in your body and like how you kind of like your experience with that. So is bloating something that like you kind of feel often when it comes to food or are you kind of one of the people that you feel bloated and you kind of move on the next day or like how, what is your approach to this? I mean, I feel like uh, being in the fashion industry when I was a teenager really messed me up because I had, well, in general, not even being a model, just like as a millennial, you know, what were we exposed to? Like Kate Moss and like, you know, it was such unrealistic body types. It's funny because today, I mean, obviously the kids and teenagers have the pressure of social media and all these things. But also they have such an amazing variety of people, you know, of, from all walks of life to look at. And you can find someone that, you know, reminds you of you or that looks like you. And it's just such a different and such an amazing time, I feel, uh, compared to what we were exposed to and saw growing up. I mean, you know, at the Cosmo, it was like ridiculous like body types and everything like how to get the perfect body how did it, it was like such a crazy time calorie eating plan <laughs> exactly like the, the next diet the best diet like everything was just so crazy but yeah I feel like I was also very like uncomfortable in my body although I was slim my whole life I was you know surrounded with these gorgeous you know girls and as a girl I feel like you can always find what's wrong with your body and I think that, again, after kids, it just gave me such a better perspective about just like my body and how to treat it. Getting also the education of like nutrition and what works with your body and how to be more in tune with your body. Like, I wish that was something that was part of the curriculum at schools, just to realize how your anatomy works. And you know what I mean? And instead of just looking at it and being like, oh, well, this is just the way I am, or this is just the way it is, or, you know, it's, 
asking those questions and having those answers are, is just such an amazing tool. So I think after my nutrition thing, I've learned a lot about my body. So when I have things or symptoms like bloating, I don't look at it as like, oh my God, I feel gross. I just look at it. Okay. I ate something that didn't really set with my body. Like bloating is normal, but it's also sometimes can tell you something about, you know, something that's going on in your body. So it's just that, you know, being in tune and intuitive and, and aware is so powerful. So I feel like once that education aspect and that intuition kicked in for me, this whole body image thing is like, it's not, at the, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't, I don't do that anymore with myself. Um, so that's where I'm at. I think that's amazing. That's something that like is very reassuring I would say for a lot of women to hear especially moms because a lot of the time you feel like after you have kids you know your body's never the same and I don't mean that in a bad way but like my body will never be the same like I'm looking like it was from by the time I got pregnant had Ezra you know breastfed got pregnant again like your body is going in like a roller coaster it's going up and down and up and down and I feel like so many women are so fixated on like the number on the scale and what they look like when they're naked in the mirror and I did like a pregnancy Q&A yesterday. And one of the most commonly asked questions was how much weight have you gained? And like, how do you manage the weight gain mentally? And I'm like, they're so different when you're gaining weight, first of all, when you're pregnant, because you're not gaining weight because you're eating on eating too many bonbons while you're watching Real Housewives. Like you're gaining weight because you're growing a baby, you're growing the blood and the fluid and all of the things. But you're also going this like miraculous, like it's a miraculous experience to be going through. But I think that also having a child like made my own perspective towards like my body and health really change because it looks, mm-hmm. I look at my body in a different way too, yeah. which is, like so nice. But I think that like when it, it was actually funny, you said how like Cosmo and all the magazines, cause we watched Moana that like Disney plus movie. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to like brush up on Disney for when I can like take Ezra there, like eventually one day. I mean, I made Ezra watch Cinderella with me, which he did not like a few days ago, but I just wanted to watch it. And then we put Moana on yesterday. And you see the difference between like Cinderella and like the body that they had for her in like 1951 when that movie came out. And then Moana, where it just looks like a beautiful, like, you know, figured like eight-year-old girl, like how it should. And then Cinderella is like the size of my pinky. It's wild to see how different everything has like been in the last, or every, all the changes that have happened the last 50 plus years which is like beautiful for like, like, I wish I was like a girl growing up now because it's so much more inspiring as opposed to just like beating yourself up over like blue and this and that and whatever. But you know what? I feel like with even pregnancy, like weight gain, obviously it's natural. You need to understand that you're, you're raising a child inside of you, but I feel like it's, again, it's kind of education. Like there's, we've been fed so many different, like things into our minds, like eating for two, like that stuff. It's just, there's all this nonsense that just people right now are either confused or just like not aware enough of what actually is needed for your body. Right. When I learned that in order to supply enough, like calories for yourself and your, and your baby, you literally need like 350 more calories than usual. Like that's not that much. So I feel like we have this disconnect, right, between what our minds say and what we've been kind of, you know, hearing our whole lives to what our body is feeling. So, again, it's that like education, awareness, intuitive eating. It's not always easy. I mean, I stuffed my 
face with McFlurries with Max. I was just craving McFlurries. And, you know, I, and I enjoyed it. Like it was great. It was wonderful, but I did always like remember that, Hey, at the end of the day, like this is not another excuse to sit on and just like eat all this crap that I know that's just doesn't really help growing a healthy baby anyways. So again, it's not this like, it's just education. I feel like once you understand, you don't even think about it that much, right? Because the biggest thing that I feel we're all kind of stuck in is that constantly like thinking about food and a relationship with food. Like for so many of us, including myself, like we have a weird relationship with food. You know, we eat something bad, then we think about it for the next three days. And then we're, it's just like this constant, you know, weird kind of place we're at and it's that that's kind of what we need to break hopefully through just like learning you know how to cook healthy food understanding nutritious food and you know at the end of the day like listening to what our body needs so I'm happy you said the thing about the flurry thing when you were great when you were fighting it with Maxie because you know I didn't eat a vegetable for the first three and a half four months of this pregnancy and another commonly asked question is, how did you get eat vegetables in the beginning? I'm like, I didn't. I just like ate bagels and like peanut butter toast with banana. And like, I ate what I actually wanted. And like mm-hmm. life goes on, which I think was like one of the best things that could happen to you when you are pregnant. Cause it just kind of like forces you out of your comfort zone a little bit in a way that like, you know, you wouldn't ordinarily go through, but it just makes you kind of be like, okay, I can do this. And like the world's not going to end if I didn't eat enough kale today. Like I, I still can't even eat that many vegetables. Well, probably just like, you know, it doesn't sound good, but like, it doesn't mean your body's never going to crave them again. It's just going through. It's like, no, not at all. and that's the thing. It's all such phases. And we just like get so, you know, we get so consumed by it and thinking that this is it. This is the new, you know, reality where again, it's all just like, it's another day, another week. Sometimes it's a month and things change just way too quickly. So now your husband, Gary, he works with you now. Did you say? Yeah, we work together. So can we like backtrack a little bit on like, where did you meet him? Now you have a pretty like decent age gap, if I can remember correctly, right? So did you meet him when you like moved to Canada? Did you like meet him in Israel when you were living? Like where did you guys meet? So my mother moved to Canada when I was 16 and I stayed uh, in Israel. And I was also, I was just traveling. I was modeling. So for the next like three years, I was just on my own doing my own thing. And then at kind of 1920, I decided that I want to be closer to her. And that's when I moved to Canada. I, I was in a relationship at that point. And um, I was just, I went to like a friend's uh, dinner party and I met Gary. It wasn't like, oh my God, this is going to be my husband or like for love at first sight. I, I was in a relationship, but our paths kind of crossed a, few, a couple more times since then um, from that dinner. And you know, it's kind of started like a, just like a very authentic, um, you know, organic, not authentic, like an organic kind of friendship. And um, we started dating and he told me the first week is like, you're going to be my wife. And I was like, okay, you're crazy. He proposed after two months and yeah, it was like quick, quick, quick. Did you know, like did, did, when he said that to you after a week or so, did you like feel the same way? I said the same thing to Jordan after a, a week into dating him, I was going to marry him. He thought I was crazy. 
I didn't, I didn't think about it that much because again, yes, like you mentioned, we have an 18 year difference between us. So I was very young. I was 20. He was 38. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I was kind of always used to dating like older, uh, you know, guys. So it wasn't like a big, it was a big difference for me. It like still, but, um, I didn't really think about marriage or whatever, but with Gary, I kind of knew that that's that because there was just something that I felt with him that I never felt with anyone else. It was just more this kind of like, can't explain it. I just felt like, okay, this person will be there through thick and thin, you know, and I've never felt that with any other person in my life. I just always felt like this is great, but like, I know I'm on my own when shit hit the fan. So, um, when I felt that I was just like, wow. So that's what kind of kept me, you know, there and exploring. And, um, yeah, it was just, it kind of, it just flowed. It wasn't like, and it's funny because because of the age difference and all these different, you know, things that were going on, you would think that it would just be, be such a struggle to get to that point where it was like, this is it, but it just flowed. Like we met. The first week he said, we're going to get married. I was like, okay, cool. Two months later, he proposed in Israel. And then I I went to New York. So when we met and we kind of started talking, I was living in New York at that point. So everything was kind of like all over the place. But then we were engaged for a year and then we got married and then we had babies and now we're here. I mean, that in and of itself is like, I'm the type of person where I think you like, when you know, you know, like, I don't think it takes like so much like overanalyzing or overthinking. And like my brother is 27. Like anytime, like I'm not going to spoil his dating life on my podcast. He'd kill me. But like anytime he's talking about something like Seth, either, you know, or you don't know, like either yeah. you're going to be in this relationship because like, it's going to be here for the long run or like you got to go and find like someone new. Do you believe in, in like soulmates? Like, do you think Gary is your soulmate? I believe in the concept of soulmates. I think that you can have multiple soulmates, to be honest with you. I think that with Gary, it's we are soulmates, but it's something also beyond that. It's this like partnership that we understand each other as people and we just work together really well. And I think that all of these nuances, you know, just really help to create what we have today. And I told, I always tell him, I was like, I definitely love you more today than I loved you when we got married even, right? Because it's through these, all this troublance and life and kids and all that craziness that you see the person's character, that you see, you know, their investment in you and your life together. And that's what, in my opinion, is like that ideal partnership. You know, I think that it's, really great when there's like first it love side and all that stuff and it, it is important but those things like they're you know they're ever changing i mean marriage is like constantly like moving around is so fluid because we're fluid as humans so i think that just like having those things aligned is so important to make sure that so soulmates is part of it but um it's definitely a lot of other factors what do you think are three things that have helped you guys attribute to having like a, like a, I guess for lack of a better description, like a healthy marriage, like a healthy and like happy marriage in the last, like, I guess what, eight years, if I had to do the math? Yeah. We're, yeah, almost nine years of marriage. I think that for us, we, we communicate really well. And I think that part of the thing, you know, the, how we communicate is it's always, 
it's not like you against me, it's you and I against the problem, which I think that puts a completely different spin towards like, you know, conflict resolution and dealing with whatever comes your way. So I think that's a big thing that we have that's just really help us to go through things. I think that it's also, you know, we don't have unrealistic expectations of each other. For him, I think it's just like he learned it because he's older and he's kind of been through, you know, things and he just kind of knows. For me, it's more of, you know, I'm still learning, like I'm still like, have so much to learn myself. But I've really like, I've realized that, you know, when I was getting married, I had such weird expectations from a marriage. And I feel like a lot of, of my friends have those expectations, you know, of just like, this is going to be my best friend. We're going to do all these things together. We're going to have the same hobbies. We're going to raise children. We're going to be best friends. We're going to travel the world. We're going to do all these things. And I think that it just puts so much pressure on a relationship. And when, you know, you hold someone to this like perfect kind of, you know, image and they slip multiple times a day, just like I slip multiple times a day, right? It's just like, it starts this growing resentment towards the other person and starts this complete like nonsense in your own head that just doesn't serve the marriage. So if there's something that I've learned is that I know our strengths together and I know our weaknesses together and our weaknesses, you know, I, I look for those weaknesses, you know, in other people, if it's friends or, you know, other whatever people that I can do different things with. So I don't put all my world on Gary's shoulders. And I think that just, that helps a lot as well. So I feel like it keeps even like the passion in a relationship, you know, there's a little bit of mystery, like you are not my go-to person for everything because it's just, it's just unrealistic. And I think that also kind of really um, helps us to, you know, have a more enjoyable time with each other. And then number three, it's just like when you're really pissed and they're aggravating you, take time off. Like, okay, I don't want to talk to you today. Nothing against you. I don't want to talk to you today. I need my space. So obviously, like having those boundaries, asking for that space is very helpful. And I was in previous relationships when when I used to ask that space, you know, the other person wasn't, wouldn't like respect it. It was like, but what's wrong? Are you angry? Let's talk about it. Like, no, like, I don't want to talk about it. Right. Like I asked for, like, I'm not angry at you. I just need, right. So respecting those, you know, boundaries is also really important. So I think those three things is kind of what works for us. Do you think that working together has been like helpful for your marriage, like not helpful or like it hasn't really made it too much of a difference. Like what does Gary do for the business? So when I started this whole adventure, I was doing everything myself and um, I didn't really tell him much about it. And uh, when it started moving and going and, you know, I was started, I started making money. He's such a, like, I respect him as an entrepreneur so much. He's in my opinion, like one of the top minds that I've met. And that's something that always attracted me to him. So, you know, when I came to him and I kind of laid out, you know, what I'm doing, what's going on, he was very helpful with just like guidance. It, you know, I think maybe this is something that to develop the business. And at some point, you know, we were doing it all the time and he had other projects going on, but nothing that required him fully. So at that point, it just made sense for us to kind of unite and, you know, for me to really take over the creative side of the business and do what I do best. 
and have him to really focus on the business development side of the business, which is something that he excels at. So that's kind of what brought us together. In the beginning, there were frictions, I think, just like with anything else, you know, everyone, you needed to kind of like learn where is your place and where, you know, there are things that you don't need to be part of. So, um, it, and it went both ways. Like I wanted to be part of like, what are you negotiating? I don't want this. And I don't, you know, and he's like, Hey, I think this is a great content idea. And I'm like, okay, we have to have like some separation. But once we started bringing, you know, team members in and putting them between us, it became much easier. And now it's just, it's, going really well because I have my area, I have my team, he has his area, he has his team. And then what brings us together is just really like, we're both very passionate about it. And, you know, it's something that we love talking about. And it's part of our marriage, even like we always find like, you know, kind of what what bonds us. So now it's, it works really well. But it just like with anything else, it takes time to figure out the proper structure for everything. That's amazing, though, that it works very well for you guys. That's something that, like, I don't think I could do with Jordan. Like, I don't think that, like, there's certain people that can definitely, like, blend and work. I know a lot of my friends, their husbands, like, come in and join their business, and it's amazing. And I think mm-hmm. that it's based off of what you said, too, about Gary's, like, past experience. Like, if he has those, like, skill sets and qualities to bring to the table, like, you trust no one more than your husband. So, like, why not right. have you come and do it? So, that's amazing that it, like, works for you mm-hmm. guys. Well, Valeria, I can ask you a thousand more questions that, but I'm like looking at your hair and I'm like, it's full on getting curly. So I'm actually really like something is happening. This is going to be a very exciting reveal. I'm so excited to see it. Well, I'd love for you to share with everyone where they could find you and I'll link to everything in the show notes as well. Thank you. It was so fun talking to you as well. Thank you for having me. Uh, you can find me at Valeria Lipovetsky on Instagram, on YouTube and on TikTok. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait for everyone to listen to this episode. Thank you, Rachel.